0: Healthcare and senior care is fraught with problems and challenges, but we're also seeing some amazing new clinical treatments and resources. This show will help illuminate and uncover the good, bad, and the ugly in order to equip patients, families, and other healthcare providers. Welcome to Senior Care Confidential.
1: We are talking about caregiver training today. So many people in America want to live at home and stay at home and age in place. And the, the best solution is really, as you age, finding care to come into the home. Yes, yeah. Um, and as a previous owner of a home care, it was so important for me as a registered nurse to have caregivers that understood what was going on with that client, You know, Brian, as a physical therapist, um, how important it is that that caregiver really understands your role as well. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, they're in there longer- Right, healthcare is typically in there for a short period of time, and so who's left there is those caregivers. So, not having caregivers that are trained very well or understanding of the subtleties of whatever diagnosis these family members or these patients are dealing with, you know, if, if they're trained well enough, you know, they're they're one, they're keeping themselves safe. They have a better a better time with their job, and then um, they also are starting to recognize changes that could be happening. Where if you affect those changes early enough, then we can avoid a lot of the hospitalizations, the injuries, the medical crises, the kind of, those kind of things.
1: I know, yeah. and it- It's, you know, just having the right training. And I will say the state of Texas only um, mandates 12 hours of education a year. And most agencies, there are over 300 in Dallas. Most agencies just have stuff online. They print it. They take a 10-question test, and they're on their way. So there really isn't true training. Um, We have a great guest today. Hi, I'm Amelia Borland. Mm -hmm. Amelia, we're so glad you're here. Tell us about your company and what you do. Yeah,
2: so I have a company called Higher Standards Caregiver Training. And uh, so my background, I'm an occupational therapist. And I came to see through both many years of practice in lots of different settings, um, but then really having a lot of contact in the community with caregivers with non-medical caregivers i came to really see and understand how important the role that they play is and the incredible impact that they have on the quality of life and the healthcare outcomes of the people that they're caring for and at the same time that i was that i was seeing that and and a- a- acknowledging that i also had to acknowledge my own responsibility for helping to make that quality of care better as an occupational therapist. And, and so I really started thinking about this idea of, okay, so we have all these non-medical mm-hmm. caregivers. They The situations that I was seeing, people getting hurt, clients mm-hmm. becoming hurt, caregivers getting hurt, mm-hmm. dissatisfaction on both sides. I was in a lot of situations where I would walk into a difficult situation, be the person in the middle, and have to really kind of navigate, okay... This is the client's needs. This is the caregiver's skill set. How do we get these to meet in the middle? Um, but what I also realized was that I am just one person and just one therapist. So I started thinking a lot about how I could help to solve this problem, um, help to support caregivers with the kind of training and knowledge that they really need. In order to make sure that clients were getting the care that they really needed. And I came up with the idea of higher standards caregiver training so that I can bring that level of knowledge to more people.
0: We we were talking before uh, we went live or uh, before we started recording and we were talking about our, our backgrounds, although I'm a physical therapist, but it's interesting where we both worked in so many different settings that we have this unique perspective of we actually got the feedback loop. Like if you're in a hospital setting or you're in a post-acute rehab setting or a skilled nursing facility setting, um, a lot of times you don't see the impact of what you do there directly translated at home. And so Amelia and I both, because we've also worked in the homes, we've gotten to see what happens when we do at these, at these at these settings. And what the uh, results of those are when, once a client gets home and so we both happen across the same thing where wow like our caregivers are they don't have enough training they don't have enough knowledge mm-hmm. what can we do to help with that
1: well and I will say you know as an advocate you know when there's a caregiver that is in a community say they work for a community they've got a supervisor there they've got a boss there they've got somebody to help them if somebody is 350 pounds and they just can't do it themselves um, so they've got some support, maybe a lot, not a lot of support, but they've got some support in the home, there is no one supervising yeah. there's no one to turn to. so so from the caregiver's perspective, you know, they do they have a family to go home to. they have children to take care of. They don't want to be in a situation they're going to hurt themselves. you know, they don't want to be in a situation that is too much for them to handle, mm-hmm. you know, like you say. so having that, you know, just putting it all together, I love this so much that we're all as healthcare professionals. Nurse, I see from a nursing side. You see from an OT side, and Brian, you see from the therapy, physical therapy side, yeah. how important it is. It's 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 so important to the success of care at home and aging in place. Oh yeah, yeah. It's exciting that you're doing this. So tell us, walk us through. Um, There is a caregiver agency that. Um, needs some help, needs to, they don't have time. Maybe it's a businessman who loves caring for seniors and he loved caring for his grandmother. You know, you hear all these stories. Oh, my mother, you know, I I, I did this because I love my mother and I loved her caregiver, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but so you've got a businessman that says, I want to do it right. I want to train my staff correctly. So how do they reach out to you. Tell us about your program mm-hmm. that you do with these communities and mm-hmm. agencies. Well, first of all, let me say you can reach out to me at
2: 469-998-1245. You can also go ahead and check out the website at com, and you can get lots of information there. Um, but there are a few different ways that the programs can work. Every single program with all of my clients includes 100% access to the entire course library for all of their caregivers, up to 100 caregivers at the basic price point. And I have it that way for a very specific reason. And that is because the goal of this training program is to make sure caregivers get what they need when they need it, when they want it, at any time, because... It's not at the 3 p.m. in the afternoon shift with the client that they know really well that your caregiver is going to need a review. It is at, you know, 4 a.m., when they maybe they have some time and they want to get a little bit of additional education, or they have a client that maybe maybe they haven't done a sliding board transfer in a while and they can use a quick review. I want the information to be easy to access, and I want to make it easy for business owners to provide that access because at the end of the day, this is about quality care yep. above all else. The mission of the company is to improve lives, number one. And so in order to do that, we have to make it so it's really easy for caregivers to access that and make it really easy and affordable for business owners to get their caregivers access to that. So when people sign up, they get a single link to enroll, they enroll their caregivers once, they get enrolled in the whole course library, and they stay enrolled for the duration of their employment. Which hopefully will be longer because they're getting that level of support, um, and that's just baseline. Every single program gets that. For companies that want to do a little bit more, or maybe they're they're a little larger, they're more established. Maybe they don't have as much time to do their own regular in services or things like that. Uh, we offer live monthly trainings. Those can be either once a month or twice a month. And for our folks in the in the DFW area, we can also provide on-site trainings as well. And it really just depends on the needs of that individual company, whether they need to just, you know, get into a baseline level of program, maybe they're just starting out, but they want to get started on the right foot. They want to have their processes in place. They want to have these programs in place so that they can operate more smoothly. They can save time doing these things. And of course, having a program in place helps helps with all of that too.
0: Is the caregiver training on... I would imagine, I, obviously you do some for training on those kind of things, like the sliding board, Hoyers, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I know you do some education on like medical conditions. Like I saw on your website, like, you do, like CHF and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Is it mainly geared though towards like the functional, like safety side of things? Is that where you see the biggest need with caregivers?
2: Yeah. So I, uh, all of the education really truly is geared towards mm-hmm. this non-medical caregiver population because I think they represent such an important part. healthcare that's not recognized as healthcare, right? And and so I want to make sure that that they're getting that level of support. Um, And it is very much focused on things like safety, function, good decision-making regardless of the situation that they find themselves in. Um, So there is an enormous amount of content on there on transfers, durable medical equipment, how we use these things what the different variations of those things might look like because, of course, one Hoyer does not look the same okay. as every other no. Hoyer. So we need to know the parts and how they work, right. not just the brand and how it works, right? And the
0: nuances of who's appropriate for these things, which hooks do we use for this one, exactly. depending on what's going on with the patient. Because there are some patients who, they are terrified, like in a Hoyer, mm-hmm. for example, they are terrified to be in this sling like this. So there are ways to get them to be a little bit more upright mm-hmm. in the Hoyer, so it's less scary for the, for the patient, which in, in this yeah. case also makes it easy for the caregiver too, because there's no resistance, there's no anxiety. So there's okay. a lot Little things like that too. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, Ultimately, the training should provide an experience that's better for both the client and the caregiver. In in the philosophy of higher standards caregiver training, the health and the safety and the wellness of the caregiver and of the client are commingled. They are not separable. Actually, so we want to make sure through that education and knowledge that we're empowering both. Um, There is, as you noted, there is uh, a growing number of courses on there that. On there that are about specific healthcare conditions. Those also, though, they are geared towards helping non-medical caregivers mm-hmm. make the best decisions. Um, it's really important in all the courses that we be very clear that we don't want non-medical caregivers making healthcare decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't want them to be making decisions, you know, uh, or diagnosing or anything like that. But rather, it's about you know, this is what this looks like. Here are some red flags and warning signs that you might see. When you see this, here's what you need to do. You need to report this. You need to document this. It's like
0: the if-then. If Mm -hmm. you see this, then you do this. this. Yeah, Yeah. it's a
2: lot of almost kind of like um, decision treeing. That's right. Um, But in ways that are appropriate for the context for these home care uh, um, caregivers, you know, being out out in someone's own home. Well, you
1: know, it's funny. I started Acapella, my home care, because as a hospice nurse... Um, I would recommend these agencies. And and back in 2005, there weren't the hundreds like there there are now, but I wanted caregivers that really understood hospice. And um, I did a lot of hands-on training, you know, in orientation, but having something like this, oh, I just think back, I would have had saved so much time. And I just think about, um, you know, on a Friday, we might get a call, okay, we've got a patient with a Hoyer, um, he's 300 pounds and, um, but he's really comfortable with the Hoyer. Well, then we start calling and we manually call, but how awesome is it? You've got this video. Okay. We've got this client with a Hoyer. We've got an in-service we need for you to watch. And then the family knows that they have had individual training for that Hoyer. Um, and they can go back to it if they want to review. I mean, that's, it's really, to me, it's a plus for
0: agency owners. Well, I see a lot of caregiver training out there and it's usually... No offense, because I, I love nurses and the nursing piece of it is obviously extremely valuable, but I feel like one of the, and that seems to be like largely handled. Like there are caregiving companies, training companies out there that are, that are you know, led by LVNs or nurses, mm-hmm. which is a great perspective to have because we we definitely need that. Because the two big things that we see in senior care is a failure of the medical um, condition or, you know, it's a it's an injury or a safety issue, right? And so to have the nursing um, perspective for the medical condition thing is really important, the piece that I see that is really lacking, though, is um, on the functional side of things, and so this is where you know having a therapist background, like whether PT or OT, having that unique—it's not just. The mechanics of things—it's understanding how the body works, understanding how um, the environment can influence how the body's how the the body interacts with it, Mm -hmm. um, all those kind of things. Because there are different transfers that are effective for certain patients that are not effective or appropriate for other ones. And so, nurses—you know—they y'all didn't get that. Doctors didn't get that. It's really the PTs and the OTs who really. Have the real world experience of seeing, you know, our hands are on bodies like a transfer board. I think
1: I've used one in two, twice in 25 years. Right. And there are are
2: things to know about is this a good thing to use? Is this not a good thing to use? What do I say to someone? You know, having had the benefit of, you know, I've used a sliding board, I don't know, probably a few thousand times in my career at this point. So I've had so many repetitions of that experience that I know put your hand here not here right Lean forward, not backward, and I can communicate that to the caregivers because it's based on my own real world experience of of failures and failures. Yeah, no, I've made
0: I've made a few of those right where it's like you know we try to do the sliding board transfer or a a standing pivot transfer, and like whoa, that did not work at all. Yes, and so you just you reset and you try again, and then over you know hundreds and hundreds of of attempts of that, you're like, okay, these are like the three you know main truths of this particular transfer. Here's the Main, the main takeaways if we're going to train somebody on how to do these things. But it's really just, it's practice and error. Well, and I have, have to say,
1: it's funny you say that because yeah. as a nurse, or like when we had um, a patient with a caregiver every day, all day, let's say eight to five, and they had Medicare Home Health, let's, yeah. let's say they had Nexus, I would say, okay, make sure you watch what the therapist does and have the therapist tell you right. what kind of exercises. Honestly, I never took advantage. I mean, it wasn't until... We've done the show and I realized, so even as a registered nurse, I take for granted how much you all have to offer and how important you are in in healthcare.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. Well,
2: I think it's all about recognizing the strength of the interdisciplinary team, that we yep. are a team. Yes. And that everyone brings a really important piece to the table. And I think that as, in some ways, I think we're actually getting better at that. Mm-hmm. In some ways, I think we still have a long ways to go in our healthcare system.
0: Well, the- social media and LinkedIn, like that's how you and I got connected. Yeah. because there are people. There's there's enough of us now starting to talk about these things. Where I think you're, that's why we're starting to see a little bit more of a kind of a groundswell uh, away from the isolated, you know, kind of siloed approaches. And now you're, we're getting more, much more holistic. And by the way, that's bringing in the caregivers too, because now we're starting to realize, huh? So we went to school for a lot of years to do certain very specific, high level things. But we missed out on recognizing that these caregivers that are going to be there for much longer than we will be, like we're not making sure that they're equipped and trained. And so that, that's where I, I think you're onto something with making sure that we we train them um, adequately.
2: And I think like a really specific example of that, even um, beyond just like transfers and, and functional mobility, uh, the, the feeding course that we have at Higher Standards Caregiver Training. I can't tell you how many times as an occupational therapist practicing clinically, I've walked into a room. And I've seen someone being fed in a reclined position, or I can hear someone, and, oh, and they're, they're probably aspirating, food, like
1: shoveling. You food. know,
2: and 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 it's not it because those caregivers crazy. don't care; it's simply no. because they have not been. It's just knowledge. This yeah. is not rocket science, folks. Yeah. It's just knowledge, and so you know, going through the feeding course, talking about everything from. Um, you know, how do we help people be more independent feeding themselves? Can they see the food? Can they manage the food? What are the three to five things that you can do to help them participate more? And then when you have to take over, how are you doing that safely? Are you giving them time to chew and to swallow? Are you giving them sips between bites? Or what, again, what are the red flags and warning signs? Yeah. And if you see these things, you know, don't take this into your own hands, but rather document it, report it so that the health team healthcare team can take over and then give you more of what you need to know for that individual person. And when we just provide people with that level of information and knowledge, I just think about the potential of the amount of aspiration pneumonia that one course could prevent. That's it. Like that's. That's the purpose, and if we can keep doing that over and over and over again, that's the impact that we that we want to have at higher standards.
0: Interesting. Awesome. Yeah, when you think about that too, like I I don't know what the the average. Um, revenue or expenses is for Medicare for Ugh. a pneumonia trip. But I got, I got to imagine it's in, it's in the tens of thousands mm-hmm. for something. Cause I think the average is somewhere around 10 grand for hospital stay. So if you're in there for several days because of aspiration, pneumonia and, and infection, um, that it's probably running many, many thousands of dollars for that. So a simple training on just here's how to feed mm-hmm. and eat properly. Yeah. Or yeah. if you
2: hear this, say something, you yeah. know, so that we can, take steps to, to prevent this stuff from, from kind of cascading down into these huge healthcare events, we can step in early.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. And, and, you
1: know, knowledge is golden. I, I just, I think about these caregivers and, and as a care manager, sometimes I'll walk in to a patient with caregivers and I'll say, so what is your care plan today? And the answer will be, well, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, Sitting with the patient, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. They don't know what their care plan is. They don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't understand. And, you know, we are a UN. We have people from all over the world um, that are from different cultural backgrounds that maybe they don't know really what a Hoyer is mm-hmm. or a transfer board or why a shower chair should have a back and not just a bench, you know? Just things, um, it's, this service is wonderful. So what if you get a call, we get a call and somebody from Denver, Colorado wants to have you help hire their train, their caregivers? How do, how does that work?
2: They absolutely can. I actually have clients all over the country. Um, again, they can if they visit the website. They can book a an appointment to have an evaluation of their current caregiver training program and determine which of our programs is the best fit for their organization. Um, they can also again reach out directly at four six nine 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 eight one two four five, and that website is higherstandardscaregivertraining.com. You can go ahead and just click on the tab at the top that says Training for Organizations, and you will get all the info that you need. That's
0: awesome yeah what what are some things when you're when you're meeting with agency owners or even assisted living um executive directors uh, when you're meeting with them and they're inquiring about hey how do we get started with you what is involved what are the top things that you hear from them that they're concerned about like why why are they hiring you what are the, what are their things that they're that says hey I, I need to start obviously looking at training because i'm seeing this this and this in my community or these things with our caregivers
2: you know uh a uh, uh, the, the biggest thing that I get is tends to be from new home care agency owners who either, um, a lot of them are nurses themselves to begin with, and they are very, very quality focused. And so they want to make sure that they have all their ducks in a row good. to get started and make sure that they have everything that they need. Um, the other is usually from uh, agencies that have grown so much that it's out of their capacity to do the kind of training that they want anymore, but they're very, very quality focused and they want to make sure that they are supporting their team Mm -hmm. and their clients. So the folks who tend to contact me tend to be extremely quality focused and they want to make sure that their systems are in place to support that quality as much as possible. So
0: they're more proactive then. It's not like you guys, you're getting calls from agencies where there've been numerous complaints or surveys. Failures and oh my gosh, like this is the the yeah, canary if, in the coal mine. Like, we got to get something fixed fast.
1: When you have a complaint, it has to be documented and you have to have a plan of correction. So, you know, for us, we had a family that kept complaining that our caregivers, caregivers were falling asleep at night. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't, and we had a camera, there was a camera, so there was no falling asleep at night. E- with that complaint, though, You have to address it so and you have to follow through. So these agencies that are just pushing these complaints under the rug, you know, they really need to be calling someone like you to get those care plans, um, you know, the plans of correction, I mean, um, corrected, you know.
2: Yeah, I think the other thing that um, sometimes people don't understand too is that when you invest in a training process in a training system, ultimately it saves your agency a lot of time. And it saves it time in different ways. One, right, because you can significantly, um, you can compress the amount of actual hands-on time that you are spending because you're giving people the information that they need beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then when you go in to do a hands-on training, it really should just be a review or it should be a Q&A or something like that, right? Instead of having to spend, you know, because think about how long it really takes to provide a good quality training on transfers for someone who has never done a transfer before and that is many caregivers mm-hmm. many caregivers who come into this because it's an entry level job where there's a high level of demand and and they know that they can that they can get a job easily and do this work they don't necessarily have a background in right. doing transfers or anything like that so are you going to be able to successfully teach someone in 15 minutes how to do a transfer? Right. No. I'm, there's a, like, there's a you reason why can't. the Major
0: League Baseball, well, you, our son's both play baseball. There's a reason why Major League Ball players have batting coaches because there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of um, critiquing to get it done right so you can perform it consistently. Um, but a lot of people think they just pick up a bat and swing. And this is like the like equivalency to caregiving, right? There, so yeah, of course I can help somebody go from a chair to a chair, mm-hmm. but there's so much that goes on with that, like our body position, their body position, where the weights are where the weights are. Do you use a gait belt? Where do you put the gate belts? Do you put a gate belt on the on the caregiver? Mm-hmm. Like when do all, you not
2: use a gait right, belt? Right. There's all
0: these things that you know there's no way without mm-hmm. tons and tons of practice, they're gonna be able to pick up on those things. So so having caregiver training specific is mm-hmm. very helpful.
2: And again, that's why it's so important for them to be able to go back and reference trainings again. Because no one, I don't care who you are, no one watches something once or learns something once or sees something once and gets it. We just don't. So we need the ability, all of us, to go back and watch again, to learn again, to even reach out and ask questions if we need to do those things. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the system is designed Mm -hmm. to do for people. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. You've been, this has been great information. Tell us again how we can get in touch with you. Um, an agency that wants to hire higher standards.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So again, you can reach out directly at 469-998-1245. You can also visit the website at www.higherstandardscaregivertraining.com. And do you will save yourself time if you go ahead and click on the link that says training for organizations. Uh, It's right on the top of that menu bar. Um, You can also follow me on LinkedIn. You can reach out directly to me there um, at Amelia Borland. I am posting content on there all the time related to caregiver questions and common concerns that come up. So if you kind of want to vet me a little bit more and like figure out what I'm about, (laughs) that is a great place to do some like... uh...
0: That's how I found you. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank
2: you, Amelia. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Your service is
1: just so valuable to our sweet seniors. So thank Thank you. you.
2: Thank you. And thanks for for doing the show. This is awesome. Awesome resources for people to know about.
0: Very good. All right. Thanks.